G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. So, what sort of person makes the ideal friend? Have you ever thought about that? If you're looking for a friend, what sort of person should that be? If you're wanting to be a friend, what sort of person should you be? As it turns out, God has answers to both of those questions. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to A Different Perspective as we chat about your friendships. And it's great to be with you again today on Friday. The weekend is almost here. I guess it's a time for a bit of rest for most of us, a time to catch up perhaps with some friends. As much as I love doing what I do during the week, I really enjoy working hard and all that. I do look forward to the weekends because it's a time for catching up. Saturday mornings often my wife Jackie and I will head down to our favourite cafe and just spend some time being together. And then perhaps over dinner or Sunday lunch we'll catch up with some friends. Friends are such special people and that's why this week on the program we've been chatting about friendship. Now yesterday we met young David before he became king of Israel through God's account of his life in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel. And we saw how it was that a young man by the name of Jonathan chose David to be his friend. Now that's okay until you realise that Jonathan was King Saul's son. David was likely to take the throne away from Saul, so Saul was trying to kill David. And if he could do that, then Jonathan would probably succeed his father on the throne of Israel. Yet despite that, despite his own self-interest, Jonathan befriends David, stands up for him, saves his life, as we saw yesterday on the program, from being killed by Saul. What we discovered yesterday is that the reason Jonathan took this extraordinary step is that he was impacted by the goodness and the godliness of David. He saw into David's heart and was impacted by that, and he chose David to be his friend, the same way God chose David as a friend. Not by assessing outward appearances, but by perceiving the man's heart. Now, as I've observed a few times during the course of this week, a friend in need is a friend indeed. In fact, that's the title of this series of messages. And David was definitely in need of a friend because each time God, through Jonathan, saved him from being killed by Saul, Saul again would be attacked by an evil spirit and would again go after David. Remember, he planned to kill David. So if ever David needed a friend, it was at this time in his life. And that friend was Jonathan, a man who, as we're about to see, was willing to put his very life on the line for David, even though David was effectively his rival for the throne. Let's have a listen to the powerful impact of Jonathan's friendship for David. 1 Samuel chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. David fled from Naoth in Ramah. He came before Jonathan and said, What have I done? What's my guilt? And what is my sin against your father that he's trying to take my life? He said to him, Far from it, you shall not die. My father does nothing, either great or small, without disclosing it to me. And why should my father hide this from me? Never. But David also swore, Your father knows well that you like me. And he thinks, Don't let Jonathan know this, or he'll be grieved. 
But truly as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, there is but a step between me and death. Then Jonathan said to David, whatever you say, I will do for you. Well, David said to Jonathan, tomorrow is the new moon and I should not fail to sit with the king at the meal. But let me go so that I may hide in the field until the third evening. If your father misses me at the meal, then say, David earnestly asked for leave of me to run to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice for all the family. If he says good, it will be well with your servant. But if he's angry, then I know that evil has been determined by him. Therefore, deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a sacred covenant with you. But if there is guilt in me, kill me yourself. Why should you bring me to your father? Jonathan said, look, far be it from me. If I knew that it was decided by my father that evil should come upon you, would would I not tell you? Then David said to Jonathan, who will tell me if your father answers harshly? Jonathan replied, Come, let us go out to the field. So they both went out into the field. Jonathan said to David, By the Lord, the God of Israel, when I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow or on the third day, if he is well disposed towards David, shall I not send and disclose it to you? But if my father intends to do you harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan too, and more also, if I do not disclose it to you and send you away so that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. If I am still alive, show me faithful love of the Lord. But if I die, never cut off your faithful love from my house, even if the Lord were to cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. Thus Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord seek out the enemies of David. Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own life. Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is the new moon. You will be missed because your place will be empty. On the day after tomorrow you shall go a long way down. Go to the place where you hid yourself earlier and remain beside the stone there. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it, as though I shot at a mark. Then I will send the boy, saying, Go find the arrows. If I say to the boy, Look, the arrows are on this side of you, collect them, then you are to come, for as the Lord lives, it is safe for you and there is no danger." But if I say to the young man, look, the arrows are beyond you, then go, for the Lord has sent you away. As for the matter about which you and I have spoken, the Lord is witness between you and me forever. And without going to read the rest of the story, that's precisely what happened. Now, the reason I share this with you is that yesterday we saw how Jonathan spoke up for David and thereby saved his life. But here Jonathan's taking a huge next step. He's actually prepared to work covertly against his father to save David's life. And he gives himself only a 50-50 chance of making it through alive. Look again at verses 14 and 15. He says, If I'm still alive, show me the faithful love of the Lord. But if I die, don't cut my family off from you. Jonathan's seen the goodness in David's heart. He can tell that God's anointed him to be king. You can just tell when the hand of God is on someone's life. So instead of fighting God the way his father Saul is at the moment by trying to kill David, instead of trying to hang on to the throne for himself, he lays down his needs, he lays down his wants, he lays down his priorities and desires and puts his life on the line for David. Now, unless he'd done that, David would never have become king. Had Jonathan not done what Jonathan did, the whole history of Israel would have been changed. The history of Israel hung on the friendship of of Jonathan for David and the protection that that friendship afforded. Jonathan is a friend, a a true friend, a friend indeed 
Because not only does he speak well of David to his father, let's face it, talk is cheap, he's prepared to put his life on the line for his friend. He's prepared to sacrifice in order to honour his friend. And that, that right there is true friendship. Someone who not only speaks well of you, but who honours you through sacrificing for you. Over a thousand years later, the Apostle Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. If you and I are looking for a friend, this is the sort of person we're looking for. And if you or I are looking to be a friend, this is the sort of person we're looking to be. This story of Jonathan's friendship for David is something of a backstory to the main plot of what was going on here. In a sense, it's not the main thing. The main thing is that God's anointed David to be king, and eventually he becomes king. But God used Jonathan's friendship, true friendship, to make it happen. God has plans for thee and me as well. And don't be surprised if more often than not, he doesn't bring a friend alongside through whom he will make it happen. just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at powerfulprayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is powerfulprayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time Monday with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.